Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> It's the guy from the poster. You're listening to the dollop. This is a bi-coastal American history podcast. Each week, I, Nike shoe wearer, pumpkin carver. I'm not celebrating your pumpkin abilities, and I haven't seen you carve a pumpkin. You've been here. You weren't carving them in the fucking room. Wow. Uh, Wells, Wells Fargo hater, Dave uh, Anthony. Read a story from American history to his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Here we go. I usually don't bring up people that uh, something that's going to kill us, but why not with this guy? Uh, I was I was on his radio show this morning. I wish you could have come. Yeah, uh, no, was really good. I, I'll be fair. Uh, I was there, so remember? No. Okay. Uh, his is on the radio station. Yummiest ear food available, gang. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Will Anderson. There he is. And, uh, <laughs> I scared everybody into walking a different way. Do the thing. You do the thing. Right? Oh, uh, sorry. 1941. <laughs> June the 9th, 1860. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Archer. I like to bring religion into it now. Archibald Meachie, uh, future agent general for the colony of Victoria. It's a lot of titles so far. Could be Meach, though. I think I spelled it wrong. Yep. It's Meach? It's Meach. Um, gave a lecture titled The Philosophy of Ghosts and Witchcraft. <laughs> I like when they start like this. It's uh, <laughs> happy yeah. already. Don't need to build up to the crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Dave. <laughs> Dish. Um, He gave it at the Mechanics Institute in Melbourne. That's where you uh, should be doing that. That seems like a tough venue for that space. Yeah. <laughs> We thought this was about carburetors. No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, Ghosts. Holy water, holy water, holy water, holy water. I mean, I got the venues that he tried to book yeah. for his fucking ghost philosophy speech well, before he settled on the mechanics union. To be fair, Pax was in town, so what could he do? <laughs> Limited. Sorry. Yeah. He'd already sold out Hamer Hall. <laughs> uh, it was a packed house, and the crowd cheered him throughout. He argued that while a man may be wiser having read. Uh, physiology and studied insanity that caused him to lose the quote supernatural shudder the terrifically delicious creeping of the hair and the heart coming up into the mouth when reading or hearing What for the happened? first time about I mean, all I'm hearing is this guy's fucking heart for ghosts yeah. Yeah. like he wants Casper the really friendly ghost yeah. Yeah. Oh, where'd he go? I'm just closing Saying, even though you know stuff about man and, and biology and stuff and what is real and what is science, real. science, sure, facts. But reading or hearing a ghost story for the first time, it's you lose that if you 
the more you know about it. So it's facts versus fake news. If you don't think ghosts are real, okay. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> Neither does Will. Look it up. Uh, Mitch was denied. Uh, was denied. <laughs> 20 years ago. Oh, at the end of the show, Will was great. Yeah, we all miss Will. <laughs> you know, he died in this place 20 years ago on a night just like tonight. Crowd just like this one, too. Anyway, boys. <laughs> it's the final episode of The Dolphin Australia, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, so it's not going to be good. Well, not at that. No, no, no. It means we'll have an hour and 15 minutes of like, okay, and then at the end you just do something weird. What the fuck was that? Alien, what if it rained and the aliens were around water then? They'd be fucked. Obviously a lot of science fans. They're in modern times? They just live in a village in modern times? That's it? It's the fucking story? That's right. Imagine. Mm. Imagine. They hate, they Water is dangerous to them. That's right, yeah. Swing away. Swing away. I, I can't believe the only other person who likes signs in here or has seen it is you. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a regular one we're doing in an apartment. Uh, that's one of those moments where you sit in the apartment and you go, I wonder if people at home uh, are finding this as interesting uh, as we are, and you've now worked out, no. Yeah, no, they're yeah. not. Yeah. It's nice, it's nice to have real-time feedback here. Boy, I've been thinking about this one on Twitter. Nothing, huh? That's weird. Huh. I feel like that movie did a lot of numbers. So, Meech was denying the existence of ghosts, but making the case that ghost stories had value in our heritage, art, and literature. What These a fine line. These are great lectures that they were having at the time. So, he didn't believe in ghosts, but he... Thought there was value in people believing in ghosts. Yeah, he, that, thinks, he thinks that it's a valuable thing. Yeah. So would you? If he's he doesn't believe that there are ghosts, but he likes the idea of people believing that there are ghosts. He thinks that's positive. Would you summarize his entire philosophy as being, "I am afraid of no ghosts"? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that was the name of his lecture. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? What's a phone? Who are you going to call? Jeff! <laughs> Rhetorical, sir. I'm actually doing a little thing up here, so... <laughs> he said ghost seeing and ghost feeling helped preserve humanity. Ghost feeling? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we... This is a really weird angle. Don't ever reach for me. Ghost feeling. What are you doing, That's sir? Well, ghost just feeling. like, you know, one day you may be just lonely... Doing some pottery. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Put on the Righteous <laughs> Brothers as one's ought to do. Oh, who is that? My love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope this boss comes out. Sometimes I feel like I've replaced my husband with vases, but. Your touch. Oh, Jesus Christ, why am I fucking this vase so much? What am I doing? Object plays everywhere. Oh my god, this is a nightmare. These need to be done by tomorrow! <laughs> Jesus, turn this off! I gotta focus! Jesus. Oh, man. So slowly. I thought I turned it off. I can't reach for it. What is happening? I'll make an ashtray out of it. That's the move. I'll make an 18-ringed ashtray out of this. I gotta go to bed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think that... What's up with my... 
Jeez! Who is this? Ah! Ah! Oh, wait, wait! Oh, oh, not righteous. That's what it was. Hey, man. Sorry, guys. Listen, I have the next door. Could you just take it down a little bit? Sorry. Uh, there's just a lot of singing and screaming. Ever since my husband passed away, I've been terrible at pottery. I lost it when I lost him. I get that. Yeah, when my wife died, I stopped making quilts. Hey, but nobody asked for your life story, okay? Fuck is with this guy. She's right, right behind here. you. Yeah, so. get out of here. Okay, now keep up the talk. She's right next to you. Yeah. We are two paragraphs in. Okay. Uh, this is their final show until they come back in two years. Little did you know this show will go until that moment. <laughs> Read the fine print, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, mutualist he denied me exists, right? So he uh, he said that the decline in the belief of ghosts had led to a quote loss of the sense of the sublime, wonder and connection with heritage and the magic of life. No, it's just a really weird thing. No, it's the I like time. That. It's very much the time. Yeah, but you know what? It's just about believing in something that you're... You know, I can be a bit cynical and yes. a bit skeptical, but sometimes you should believe in things that are beyond your comprehension. Right. Gareth. Okay. Gareth. <laughs> I'm the guy who's going to blow the president to have a trip, okay? I'm into it. <laughs> I think you just I think you just pop it off. Uh, you definitely want to start with the cap, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> After the lecture, he really fucking hit a chord. Tons of letters were being sent to local papers full of opinions on ghosts and what they meant. Nice. This led to a series of regular seminars and public discussions on ghosts in Melbourne. Okay. The next year, David Blair responded to... I was hoping David Blaine was coming out. (laughs) Uh, He responded to uh, the lecture with one of his own called, quote, A Plea for Ghosts. I'm the ghost lawyer. <laughs> uh, he said it was a reply to uh, Michi's speech. Blair did not consider ghosts to be delusions of the senses. He attacked Michi for saying he knew nothing of the spiritual world as a reason for his not believing in ghosts. And that ghosts were all humbug. <laughs> this was uh, a time that was huge on spiritualism. Quote, a system of belief or religious practice based on... Supposed communication with the spirits of the dead, especially through mediums. So spiritualism is huge. Right, okay. Um, it's big with the middle class. The lower classes are more into ghosts. <laughs> okay. Blair did not believe one had to investigate to see if a ghost was real before believing in ghosts. Sure. No, nobody will. Well, in, fact, in some ways, you, you might argue that investigating to see if they're real will eventually stop you believing in them. Yeah. Yeah, hard, hard to get with this. Yeah, it's like religion. Don't dig, don't dig too deeply into it, mate. Seven days, you say? Yeah, one of them was arrested. Okay, I'll just believe it without digging around to see if that's possible. The rest is the best. Isn't he all seeing, all knowing? Well, he gets exhausted. I mean, he was up all week with his recipes. But also, he took the rest day on the last day. Yeah. So don't count it. Yeah. He made the earth in six days. Don't count the rest day. If you had the rest day on the Wednesday, it counts in the week. But otherwise, that's the start of next week. 
He made the earth in six days and then he took the next week off. And That's what he's saying. Never hear the end of it. Yeah. One day off and I'm lazy. Good God. I mean, sorry, good dad. What am I saying? Good me. Good me. Who am I? Have we hit paragraph three? Oh, yeah, we were perfect. But one of them is a ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost. Because he's a father yeah. and the son yeah. of the Holy yeah. Ghost. Yeah. yeah, fuck. I never think of the Holy Ghost as being like a white sheet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. He wore a white sheet. Yeah. 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 That, was whole, that was his whole jam. Yeah. If you Makes read the Bible every once in a while, it's just boo. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And then some of them have a pop-up and it comes at you. Well, and it's holy because he cut eye holes. So yeah, yeah. Holy, the Holy Ghost. He also cut another one, but that's in the very back. Glory, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, so, Blair's not that happy that a sarcastic niche that ghosts could change themselves to suit the moment and only show up at varying times under certain circumstances. He ended by objecting to the claim that ghosts were always dressed. <sighs> Hang on, so Mish said they're always dressed. Yeah, yeah. Like in the clothes they died in or in various outfits that they were in? Various outfits, but mostly a sheep. Uh, At this time they're mostly doing sheep stuff. Okay. Still sheep work. Right? Uh, and he said to look to the book of Revelation as a motive for a serious study on the subject of ghosts. That's definitely where you want to get logic from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he then sat down to thunderous applause. So, fucking ghost mic drop. He's killing it. Right. Speech was very well received. Led to many more letters in local papers. People arguing, debating ghosts. It led to broader concerns about the colony's spiritual health and what was becoming a common problem. The sightings, exorcism, and hoaxes of ghosts. Fundamental questions about the nature of human existence were being raised and traditional views of church authorities were now under threat from the rise of science and intellectual culture. <laughs> Sorry, that was just an angry ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new thinkers were the new thinkers were polarized. Both sides in the argument agreed ghosts should be explored. Right? Okay, well at least we have common ground, which is important. Through secular philosophy and science instead of church, superstitions and folklore. One saw ghosts as a cultural phenomenon that came from a superstitious past. The other saw, the other thought critical investigation of ghosts would lead to the understanding of human nature and soul. Right. So it's really, they're really splitting some hairs here, but they're really, it's a really big deal in Melbourne. Well, they're for really, ghosts, it's good. I mean, nobody's saying, a ghost? yeah, if you're a ghost, you're like, look, I mean, there's like, they're in. I mean, for the most part, that there's just a couple divides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the reason all this was bubbling up now in Victoria is because there are a rash of ghost sightings and exorcisms in Ballarat. Pro-exorcisms, I think. I'm not sure. I I'm just, sure. I can't work out whether they're cheering exorcisms or Ballarat. Yeah. And I'm not sure which I'm most comfortable with. <laughs> Much of which was due to the folklore that came from the new immigrants flooding into the gold fields. Folklore and superstition were a way to reaffirm community identity when facing substantial social change mm. and threats to community cohesion. Mm. I wish that uh, wasn't still happening. Mm -hmm. They brought their folklore, which had an emotional connection to ghosts. So it's like a clash issue, right? A clash issue or a yeah, clash issue? Yeah, So the poor people are it's bringing kind of both, in. Really. Poor people are bringing in the ghosts. The poor people are bringing in the ghosts? The, the belief of ghosts. Let's build a ghost-proof wall and uh, 
Put the baby ghost in cages. <laughs> what? You can't put a ghost in a cage. Oh, I'll do whatever I can. Uh, I mean, I know nothing of this because I'm from Australia where we treat refugees with the utmost respect and yeah, care. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You guys actually turned it into ghosts. Yeah. A couple of ghosts here tonight. Yeah. Sounds like a little haunting. <laughs> they all float up. Oh, God. <laughs> the first reporting... <laughs> the first reporting of ghosts in Australia started in the 1860s. People dress as ghosts. Well, that's not reporting. You know, Brad's in a sheet. I think there's an afterlife. People dress I mean, I'm just happy to hear a story of someone in a white sheet in Australia that's a ghost story. <laughs> it's, uh, we're not inventing the stuff, I mean. We are. Oh. People dressed as ghosts uh, scared or committed crimes at night. Most believed they were Larrikins, who at the time were young major shit disturbers. Ghost outfits originally were just a white sheet. Sometimes a sheet and a hat. We're getting closer. Hang on, is it like a sheet over... Is it like, so you... Is it a sheet around the shoulders and then a hat, or is it like... Sheet, sheet and then but hat then on a top. Hat. Yeah. 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 It's a fucking hot look. Yeah. Also, the sheet doesn't blow away. It keeps the eye holes in place. Sure. I mean, but then you are creating a, you know, ghost hats, which is a little bizarre. Why can't you have ghost hats? I don't know, just fair... This seems weird. Why would you wear a hat? Like, if you're a ghost, you're not going to get, like, a sunburn or whatever. And, well, like, you probably, like... It's the are, message. Are you weird about being bald or something? Like, you've got well, to maybe try it. Why are you wearing a hat? There's no practical reason for a ghost to wear a hat. This story's fucking bullshit, man. Okay. It's bullshit is what yeah. it really is. So, first of all, I want to point out that it's all bullshit. Either way, we'll work it out later. We'll figure it out They're both good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you threw some pretty sweet ghost logic at this. Yeah. <laughs> We're just following the ghost protocol. <laughs> Might seem like an impossible mission, but... Alright, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fast apology, then. Newspaper reports in the 1860s are full of ghosts leaping out and scaring or throwing things at people. They would often also yell. Oh my god! And people would be terrified. I wonder why. <laughs> what do you think it was? I don't know. Yeah. Ballarat was coming out of a depression in the 1870s, and there were many deaths as men were killed in the mines and from high rates of crime. Exorcisms became popular for houses where people had died violently, uh, as well as, as seances to speak with the dead. By the 1870s, Central Victoria was full of ghost stories, exorcisms, and hauntings. The Argus wrote, quote, Ghosts, after having been objects of contempt to the educated and intelligent classes for generations, are beginning to grow again into favor. There are distinct signs that ghosts, which we thought were laughed out of existence, why the... They, they left over being bashful? They were like, this is too much. I mean, we're being shamed out here. Yeah, there's a lot of shit coming our way. Uh, I'm just a fucking ghost. I don't need this kind of bullshit. Hashtag me boo. Yeah. 
There are distinct signs that ghosts, which we thought were laughed out of existence by the robust common sense of the 18th century, are <laughs> You've never heard that. That has never been said. It's not a ghost, it's a space troll, you idiots! <laughs> Meet logic! So the ghosts are, ghosts are creeping back into the world in these rather sickly times. Ghosts and spirits were serious business, and arguments often got heated over them. In 18... <laughs> It's very similar to what's happening in our country, David. <laughs> it really is. In 1881, there was a public gathering to discuss ghosts. <laughs> Who, I mean, I know there. I know it's the time, but imagine going to that. Well, we've got to hit that. I mean, I want to figure this out. Uh, yeah. I, I just hate not knowing for sure. I mean, I'm all fucked up because they started wearing hats. Oh, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Ghosts used to be just very simple. A cabbage hat on. We look back and mock so easily, don't we? It's so great, but in 20 years from now, they're going to be like, you know, they were warned by 97% of the scientists that the planet was irretrievably damaged, but all we argued over was whether we should have to take a shopping bag to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. We'll be fine. I think we should, though. Unless all Australian people get mad and don't. They're ghosts. It's okay, we did. <laughs> uh, so there's a public gathering to discuss ghosts in front of the Galway uh, Monument in Ballarat. 400 people attended. A preacher spoke against spiritualism, saying ghosts were the agents of the devil. The furious crowd... Not this one. The furious crowd then chased him off and down the street trying to harm him. Okay. Which, I mean, he's got to take at some stage on that job. They're proving my point. Yeah. Well, also, if you kill him, it's not good for that argument, because he'll just be right back as a ghost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Ghost stories became a hot item in literature and newspapers. Ghosts improved on the white sheet look. They would wear elaborate costumes, which would give them a nickname in the papers. I don't even know how to fathom what you just said. There were stories of headless horsemen, women in white, headless... Uh, people and animals. By so far. It's mainly headless stuff. I mean, I think the headless is the easiest thing to do. Sure. Right? Uh, no, not to me. We, well, I mean, it's, still, it's, it's basically just like you take your hat off your shoe yeah. and you hold it under your arm. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> By far, most ghost experiences were considered hoaxing or, quote, playing the ghost. The papers treated them as people engaging in hoaxing, robbery, assault, and sex crimes. Oh. All of which people were doing while dressed as ghosts. Oh my god. So... So... They were... The ghost culture was purely based on breaking laws. A lot of the ghost culture became about breaking law, yeah. Okay. Well, I like to think that there were actual ghosts who were really offended by the fact that, like, human yeah. living people had appropriated their culture. Right, yeah. <laughs> and were mocking it and giving them a bad name. They're like, I don't even like this rock festival ghost cello. Like, fuck off. Stop wearing it, that sheet. That's offensive to me. <laughs> I'm an actual dead person. Return to Earth. <laughs> One ghost who haunted the region between Ballarat and Kilmore became known as the Wizard Bombardier. 
Okay. What, uh, Dave, what in God's name is taking place right now? <laughs> so he's a ghost wizard? He's the wizard bombardier. That's not an answer to what I asked you. I'm not even sure what a bombardier is. Yeah. I didn't think to look that up. I assume it's a... It's How a the bomb- fuck did you not look up bombardier? Well, Jesus did you, Christ. Were you just like everybody else would know what bombardier is? I just assumed it was a guy who tossed bombs. <laughs> At deer. Just the brutal deer hunter. Oh, you don't need a gun. No, you can get five deer at one time. Throw a grenade at him. How you doing? I'm Gene Bombardier. How are you? Gene Bombardier, how are you? Finally, the movie everybody's been waiting for. Rambo versus Bambi. <laughs> it's Rambi. <laughs> Yo, we combined this up. I don't know how we did it. I think they... I mean, it can't be right. It's a train? Did you say it's a train? Did he just die and become a ghost? Where did he go? I mean, he gave us an answer and then vanished. Sir, did you say it's a train? You just say yes next time. It's so much easier. Because you haven't quite cleared it up. At the moment, we're going either he knows it's a train or he's a guy who can only shout out, it's a train. You haven't quite cleared it up yet. (laughs) Okay. So, it's a train. So it's a wizard train. <laughs> oh my god, this is taking forever. I wish I could use my staff to get off this train. Also, air, air, also airplanes. Now. I mean, it is a train? Yeah. Sir. Oh my god, this sir, guy's not sir, fucking around about Sir, we've stopped talking directly to bomb, you now. What the fuck a bombardier is. The yes, it's a fucking train! I mean, I'm also now imagining that's how he regularly listens to your podcast. I think there's quite a few that do. <laughs> yeah, you idiot! I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. Let's move on. You idiot! It's a train! Train! Yes, yes, train! Oh my god, I've been dead the whole movie! Okay. I think he's wrong. Uh, Dave, let me translate. No! The bombardier is a train. It's not a train in this situation! (laughs) There are no wizard trains! Oh, wait, we have microphones. I don't know why we're... Bombardier is a military rank that has existed since the 16th century in artillery regiments of various armies, as in the British Army. Ghost soldiers? Yeah, uh, so they're, they're artillery guys. Yeah, right. but they're but in this case a wizard. Yeah, well, so they're right wizards of the military. Go ahead. He wore white robes with a sugar loaf hat. Uh, uh, sir, what do you have? <laughs> and what is it? No, that you can't. Why? You can't just move on. Like I'm we're all just not going to think about that and that alone <laughs> for the rest of the fucking podcast. What's a sugar loaf hat? Oh fuck! <laughs> it's a fucking hat. How the fuck sugar. did you write this and think people won't have more questions about the sugar loaf hat? I mean, I just figured you guys. Is it a loaf made of sugar? I figured you all knew what a sugar loaf hat was. It's an Australian thing. Well, that's racist that you don't think that. <laughs> 
What is this with the loaf hat? I don't know. It's it will do not look at my direction. Could it be? I mean, could there be a loaf of actual sugar, like that you can cut like bread and toast? I'm loafing the... it. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. It kind of looks like toast. Yeah. It's a butt plug of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really shitty hat. Um, well, but a fantastic plug, yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's a combo. Was that not your ass? I, it's hot today. <laughs> it's hot when you wear it in the other place. <laughs> That's a different kind of hot, and I only do that when I'm a ghost. Hi. Okay, so we've got a uh, okay. wizard soldier. And, he's uh, wearing white. And he's wearing a sugarloaf hat. W- wizard bombardier. He's wearing white robes with a sugarloaf hat, and he would scare pedestrians with eerie screams and calls. He was known to haunt a particular mining claim. Quote, it comes irregular, irregularly and heaves stones. It comes, so he is considered a ghost. Yeah, he's yeah. just some guy in a weird hat who says he's a wizard soldier and he throws stones at people. That's why he's the bombardier. Right, he's like, sure, yeah. Incoming! Yeah. yeah, okay. The miners would chase the wizard bombardier, but he always got away. Often they would catch a non-ghost guy and beat him up. Hey! <laughs> What did I do? Yeah. Uh, nice try, wizard. Yeah. I'm a tree! <laughs> I just love the fact that they beat some other random person up. Just because yeah. they're like, oh, we're all rolled up now. Yeah. You know what they say, if you can't be with the ghost that you fear, you know, beat the one you're with. Like, <laughs> that's right. The Ballarat Star wrote, quote, It must be a joyous time for the Ballarat East Ghost, seeing it so far has escaped any penalty. It will do well to take a bit of advice. Keep out of the way of the miners. You're writing to a ghost wizard man? (laughs) He didn't write the letter himself, to be honest. He had a ghost writer. And... Oh, fuck you, that's a great job. May well be in reflection the best joke of the entire night, so it's okay. Better than town. I'll accept that when you go home, you're like, you know what, Ghost Rider, that's. <laughs> if they get the spirit once, it will be unrecognizable by its own family circle for some time afterwards. What is going on? So their plan is to beat up a ghost, though, right? Yeah, they're, gonna, they're trying yeah. to catch the ghost and beat them up, and the newspaper's like, dude, if they fucking catch you with your bombardier shit, they're gonna fuck your shit up. What I love about this the most is, A, they think they can beat up a ghost, and B, they think the ghost is reading the local newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a cat burglar. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Oh, I can't turn it. <laughs> We'll turn the ball. Continued on A11. No. <gasps> Front page only. <sighs> One of the biggest moments in Australian ghosting was when William Belmain patented fluor- uh, phosphorescent paint in 1881. Oh, wow. Glow in the dark paint was now available to the masses, and people loved it, as did ghosts. I think you're safe to say people love them. <laughs> Maybe you should believe in ghosts a little bit. Sell me, dog. One man on Peel Street painted his entire house with phosphorescent paint. So he was single. <laughs> 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 
the equivalent of a lava lamp now. It's like, not in the living room or not. What? Or a guy with a cat. People. (laughs) He ain't wrong, gang. (laughs) People could see the house glowing from blocks away. And the first night, the fire brigade was called because of the glow. Oh, my God. And they got there, they're like, oh, my God. You son of a bitch. This is a ghost house. Think we found the wizard bombardier's home. <laughs> uh, Where's your sugarloaf hat, mister? In my butt. As a practical joke, someone painted all the angels at the Ballarat Cemetery. <laughs> Imagine the look on the mourners' faces. Hey, man. Fucking move over Banksy, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that is... A quality fucking like gangster art exhibition. It's yeah. like going into a graveyard and go, this will be funny. Well, especially with, in this time, people are like, oh my god, she's alive. Uh, so, glow in the dark paint was a huge fad. Actors would paint their faces when they performed Hamlet as the ghost. And this changed the way people thought about ghosts. They started painting themselves and became glowy and green. Which is kind of like some ghosts are today, like Scooby and Scooby Doo or whatever. To be fair, the ghosts in Scooby Doo, not Scooby Doo. No, Scooby Doo is not a ghost. I'm not arguing that Scooby Doo is a ghost, sir. Shaggy might be a ghost. I'm not going to push back. (laughs) Um, Before they were just dressed. I mean, by now, I guess Scooby Doo technically probably is a ghost, though. Yeah, I I don't want to ruin. Oh, sorry. I was just a so who's racing? Scrapping? Like, like, first of all, Scrapping go fuck himself. What are you Jeez. talking about? What are you talking about? What can we do to ruin Scooby-Doo? That's what they had in the map meeting, and someone's like, how about a little fucking dog that never shuts up? I wish he was a ghost. Wow. I mean, I'm going to say a reboot where Scrappy's all grown up and Scooby is haunting Scrappy. Yes. And I call it Scooby-Boo. <laughs> and it would be a reboot. <laughs> Um, so before people were just dressed in period clothes or a sheet or whatever, and now they were glowing. <laughs> Being a ghost in Victorian days was a way to deal with uh, and rebel against restrictive Victorian morality. You're anonymous, it feels dangerous, ghosts could break taboos and invert the morals and behaviors of society. Taboos. Come on. Come on. It's too easy. Keep going. But come on. <laughs> with us, you're going to say taboo? Come on. Taboo? Taboo? There it is. Um, They're often risking arrest, vigilantism, uh, and being disgraced in their community. Becoming a a symbol of death was the easiest way to challenge class values and social order. One man who wore a white sheet and a tall sugarloaf hat. Uh, uh, On top of the sheet, not under. Yeah, yeah, right. He was caught by two men, one of whom was a priest. Okay. He begged them not to turn him over to police because he was the local school teacher. (laughs) You've got to turn him over. I mean, this man should not be teaching youth. Why? Because he's insane. He could be a ghost at night, a teacher during the day. Uh, No, he can't. Well, you're a fucking anti-ghost, so that's... Don't ever say that. 
Nobody's, nobody loves the ghosts more than I do. I love the ghosts. They're unbelievable. My best friends are ghosts. There's a couple ghosts in the audience tonight. Where's my ghost? Now I see the allure of this. <laughs> what do you want me to do? So, he begged not to be turned over, uh, so instead the priest and the other man just beat the shit out of him and let him go. Well, we've arrived at a compromise. <laughs> it's called Irish yeah. Compromise. So but I also love this was the days that priests could beat the shit out of a yeah. ghost. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think I think a priest could still beat up a ghost. I don't know why those days would be gone. Can anybody beat up a ghost? Well, ghosts have rights as well, I guess, right? (laughs) Do they not? I don't think. I'm going to draw a line. Uh, I don't think ghosts should have rights. Oh, okay. Someone's American. All right. (laughs) Lean over this one, man. Well, okay, I guess. Your alive privilege showing again, I guess. But <laughs> oh, look at me! I can pick things up. <laughs> I'm not wearing a sheet or any sort of loaf hat. <laughs> I just believe in traditional living values. I mean, what's next? Are we going to marry ghosts? I boo. (laughs) You know, they have to have something old, something new, something borrowed, something boo. (laughs) (laughs) This this might not end. It's just too easy to pun. By the 1890s, all the ghost crimes began to be referred to as the ghost nuisance. Because ghost panics were tying up police and wasting public time and money. Okay, so the ghosts are essentially just a bunch of vigilantes who are now just... Not vigilantes. Well, what? Vigilantes are the people who go after the ghosts. The ghosts are... Okay, they're a rogue group who... They're individuals. They're not ghosts. You don't know that. I do know that. You they're tying people up. You're such a meachy, you know what I mean? Like you have have a little something in your heart. Like open yourself up to the the magic of the world. You know what I mean? I feel like you took shrooms. It can also be trains, you know? <laughs> trains are tying people up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, some editorials. Okay, sorry. That's my last one, for sure. Something no, why is that your last one? <laughs> I'll let you know I've avoided a couple since we talked. Yeah, it doesn't matter that was your last one. I'm gonna yeah, try. No. It, it's just bullshit that that's your last one. I'm done. <laughs> You're not you done. You guys keep going after that low-hanging fruit. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on, obviously I'll do 15 more. I mean, yeah, it's right. ridiculous. Some editorials called for police and vigilante gangs to patrol ruined buildings and cemeteries. Sure. Okay. They said ghosts should be shot on sight. 
Is there an emptier threat to make to an actual ghost? We're gonna kill you! Alright, I'm dead. So... So that's the sound logic, because if they actually were ghosts, they couldn't be harmed, but if they were no, hoaxers, they deserve to be shot. You're gonna kill them, and then they'll be real ghosts! But you don't believe in ghosts! I don't know what I believe anymore! Don't tell me what I think! <laughs> in Western Australia, near Perth, a man with a revolver and other residents caught a ghost. Okay. Hang on, caught a ghost? They caught one, yeah. Okay, sure. Hell. Um, well, they had a gun, and he pointed at him, and the ghost gave up. Well, not a ghost. Not a ghost. Not a ghost. He was wearing a sheet with eye holes cut out and decorated with red paint. The locals decided to give him a beating instead of turning him over to police, and then they set him free. So they set the ghost free. After they beat him? He was already covered in red paint. <laughs> that ain't paint! Most ghost stories were reported in papers with skepticism. The papers enjoyed the stories, but also ridiculed the idea that they could be real. Uh, though a few were reported as real. In Ballarat, the Burnt Bridge ghost was treated as genuine. Okay, so do we know anything about the Burnt Bridge ghost, or is this the only reference to the... Okay, uh, so it hung out... Because I was just getting hung up on the guy dressed all in red. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, we I mean, it passed on so quickly. I was like, yeah. oh, there's more? There's someone more interesting than a guy painted red <laughs> pretending to be a ghost who's like, okay, go on. Um, so, the, the Burnt Bridge ghost hung out in a haunted house. Well, of course. And, quote, issued a noise that produced, issued a noise like that produced by wheeling a barrel up and down a stair. I guess a sound they were very familiar with at the time? <laughs> it sounds like someone is wheeling a barrel. Is <laughs> yeah, it a wheelbarrow? No. <laughs> very different noises. You sound stupid. <laughs> Tell me. The Burnt Bridge ghost gained plausibility because a war veteran led a group to see the ghost. Okay, I thought from there'd be Crimea. more to that sentence. From Crimea. From Did, Crimea? You guys Did you guys find a war in Crimea? Well, yeah, I mean, not us individually. But, yeah, we you were guys went, You guys went all the way over to Crimea? Mate, there has not been a fucking war that's happened in the last 200 years <laughs> that we haven't tagged along to. It's like, we'll fucking come, come on! Yeah. Yeah. We're already up! It's a different time zone! Come on! <laughs> we're fucking in! A rock with you motherfuckers four times! Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get him this time! So this war vet from Crimea, Crimea. T- leads a group to check out the ghost, and he saw it. Sure. And it made his hair stand on end, and he said he'd rather charge the enemy than enter the chamber the specter was in. Okay. Sir. I mean, thank you to that man proving that what we do is not as easy as we make it look. When the audience starts punning, the show is over. (laughs) So that's a ghost that people think is real, and then people are scared to go in the house. In July 1895 in Victoria Park, a ghost began appearing and scaring people, enjoying the peaceful summer nights. Police received four reports, and the last one was on Hotham Street. The ghost was escalating. 
and really upped his game the next night. A 12-year-old boy named Robert Brown, who lived at 32 Mater Street, I love that they always give Yeah. Let's go see him! <laughs> was walking home from night school at 9.30 p.m., and suddenly, the ghost accosted him. Hang on. Firstly, I just want to delve just a minute on the fact that a 12-year-old boy was sent to night school at 9.30 at night, which is clearly past his fucking bedtime. Well, look, I mean, he's got to get his medical degree somehow. I mean... Yeah. Come on. Oh, Boogie has it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, We're back, baby. God, I, there's just I, there's just one person here that's just like, God, I fucking hate these fucking... <laughs> yeah, he won't stop shouting out. <laughs> now that's a vote! <laughs> okay, so here's how this ghost was dressed. He's dressed as a knight. He was dressed as a knight? Not the knight. A knight. From a Wait, is that why he went to night school? No, no. Oh. No. That. What is your list today, mate? Pulling swords out of lakes? Um. <laughs> it's mainly that sort of stuff. It's ridiculous. The go- a ghost can't go to night school because that's when he's working. He would have to have a day job. So, the ghost was dressed as a knight. He had on a breastplate with a phosphorescent glow and, quote, the appalling words, prepare to meet thy doom. Oh, well, he's definitely a knight. Thy. That's a giveaway. He said in a gloomy voice he was going to cut the boy's head, quote, in two shakes. Robert ran screaming all the way home. Why? He ran the entire way, and he was followed by what he described as, quote, the object. Yeah, but by the way, if you're like a knight, like if you put on armor, you're, you should, and you should be counting on a chase, but you're not going to be able to get very far in armor. Yeah. A 12-year-old boy's going to outrun you in a minute. Yeah. And you'll just be like, oh, ow, shit, it's chafing. Ow, oh, cut the skin! Cut the skin? Yeah, it's all very, you know, uh, separated and pinchy, you know? Gonna get a bunch of little welts there. Owies. You would have been a bad night. I'd have been a great night. I'd have been a bad running fake night ghost. Don't forget, I'm named after a night, pal. For some reason, a lot of square table. <laughs> For some reason, a lot of people thought a lot of people called ghost objects. That keeps coming up. Um, so many people heard Robert screams as he yelled and heard the ghost feet. As he ran behind him, because he's a knight, so he's got the armor on. Yeah. Quote, clattered the most unghostly noises across the foot. What? I mean, my God. I mean, it feels like it's not a ghost in the way you're describing it as being unghostly. <laughs> that would have been my first clue. Like, maybe it's not a ghost. The way this ghost sounded was, like, so not like a ghost. Yeah, and he's clanging. Uh, I'm a ghost! Respect me! I've fallen and I'm gonna need a couple of guys to help me up, I'm not gonna lie. So the ghost cluttered with the most unghostly noises across the footway and over a vacant. I'm not a ghost! I'm not a ghost! Of land out of sight. The ghost was never found. The governor had been in town the previous week and he'd given a speech in which he said that there was no better remedy for nomadic vam- vagabonds than the horse pond where available. Uh, okay. Okay, Will? 
I looked up horse pond. Because <sighs> that one caught my interest. It's an equine pool. What are you fishing there for, mate, with your big rod? <laughs> um, fish. Oh, not me. No, not me, mate. I've got a bloody apple on the end of this. <laughs> You're going to get me a bloody horse, mate. I, I'm going to find another pond. <laughs> not What's the matter, mate? Fucking chicken? I mean, you can actually catch chicken in this pond. With, with an apple on your cock? Did I hear the story wrong? Do you guys I mean, hear that? Mike, but I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys hear that ghost music? Be like boo 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 boo. Okay, so I found a description of a horse. Are you interested in a goof? I found a description of a horse pond punishment from 1749 in London. Quote, Yesterday a young man was detected in picking the pocket of a person at pay office in Broad Street and delivered up to the populace, who conducted him to a horse pond, and after duck ducking him well, they stripped him quite naked and whipped him severely, making him run the gauntlet before they permitted him to go off. I still don't know what a horse pond is. I mean, if anything, I feel like I'm more confused. Yeah. So, a horse pond is an area where you strip a boy naked? And they make him run the gauntlet, which... That's I'm just not sure what that is either. You've, you've actually raised more questions than you've answered. <laughs> so it's a place where... So they, that's how they punished, like, pickpockets and stuff at the time. Is a horse so they would pond? take him out to a pond where, I guess, the horses were, you know, grazing or whatever, and they would dunk him under the water. Uh, strip off their clothes and beat him up. They take his clothes off after they got him all wet. Yeah, that's just rude. Um, so this is what governor, the governor of Victoria, was recommending for, I guess, the homeless because he said vagabonds. This is. I forgot that the governor was saying this. Yeah. As the man in charge, this is what we should be doing to the homeless. So now the the local paper recommended this. For this latest ghost, the night ghost. Yep. Quote, it was an old it was old-fashioned but effectual. Of course, uh, such a treatment will doubtless put this perturbed spirit to rest. Well, good luck getting all that armor off. It's not just a pair of pants and a shirt. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, but once you throw him in the water, I think it's over. He'll rust! He'll die. He's gonna He'll rust, rust right up. up. The ghost stories weren't headline stories. They were so common they were just packed amongst a bunch of other stories in the middle of the paper. But the reports were so common, there were clearly a lot of people dressing up as ghosts and doing bad things. During its heyday, there were usually several instances of ghost sightings per week in Ballarat. Wow. In 1895, the Bendigo Advertiser wrote, quote, Some imbecile is playing the ghost in dark <laughs> and by streets and frightening women to fits. The ghost was haunting the streets between... When you say by streets... Do you mean twice weekly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, <Too> soon. <laughs> or, huh? Or every other week. <laughs> well, that's all. 
so the ghost, hi- uh, ghost guy was haunting the streets between Sturt and Dana streets in Ballarat. He wore black robes with his face and arms smeared with phosphorescent paint. It was believed he was trying to create the illusion of a corpse. A glowing corpse? Well, a lot of corpses' arms glow. You stopped reading from the iPad, I noticed, when you said that. (laughs) Felt speculative. The ghost was really scaring people, and one young man was so shocked, he had to be placed in the Ararat Lunatic Asylum. Jesus. So he went nuts when he saw the ghost guy with the painted arm. The paper warned, quote, It is probably that unless the police take immediate action, other males and females will follow his fate. The ghost corpse guy had been accosting and terrifying women for a while. On May 25th, 1895, he struck again. Quote, Shortly after 10 o'clock, two young ladies proceeding homewards were arrested by the presence of the ghost. On approaching them, he covered his face and hands with some phosphorescent composition, at the same time holding up his hands before him, while his countenance had the ghastly appearance of a corpse. The two terrified ladies immediately ran from the suppressed apparition and at the corner fell into the arms of two other young ladies and murmured, There! There! The ghost then ran up to the group and, being radiant in the darkness with phosphorus, he so intensified the agitation of one of the ladies that she fainted and was carried into the shop of the butcher, where she was restored after some trouble, but it was apparent that the impression had an effect upon her mental faculties, and yesterday she was in very nervous condition. I'm starting to get a little worried about this, gentlemen. During all the excitement, the ghost escaped. A few guys ran around looking for him. They're not even defining, like, supernatural behavior. He's running, he escapes. He's an apparition. He's a ghost. He should, no, he should go through walls. He's not a ghost, though. We all know he's not a ghost. Yeah, it's just yeah, a by the way, yeah, by the way, Dave, we don't think he's a ghost. <laughs> well, you guys are shit at this. He might be a ghost. I don't think he is. He runs. Some ghosts run. That, no, I they, don't think they, they do. They float. If Carl Lewis dies. If Carl Lewis dies? That's your, that's your go-to reference as a runner? It's his go-to reference, to be fair. Carl Lewis. Yeah. Carl Lewis. I, uh... <laughs> now just pick him off as they go along, sorry. But, uh... <laughs> Carl Lewis! Yeah, he's older. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Actually, now that you put that argument forward, I'm like, right, he might die soon. That's a good point. Yeah. Can't pick some younger person like Boussey Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> so the ghost escaped, and a few guys ran around looking for him, and they couldn't find him. The Bendigo advertiser called for, quote, a company of vigilant young men be formed to discover the culprit, and when caught, give him a sound horse whipping. No one will complain about the punishment, except perhaps the ghost. Is a horse... <laughs> the ghost... Ow! We don't care what the punishment is, but it must be horse-related. Yes. And is a horse-whipping, whipping... Or, I mean, is that just whipping someone with, like, a horse whip? Or is horse, that just yeah, taking actually, someone's pants no. down and just sort of, you know... I don't know, changing their shoes. Or option three, which is my favorite, whipping them with a horse. Cumbersome, but absolutely. (laughs) The ghost began escalating. Well, they often do. 
Soon he started showing his genitals to women. Oh my god. Now it's a Louis C.K. ghost. Yeah. Is he a Louis C.K.? Louis C.K. Sarah Slovin's like, it's fine. Yeah. I knew my mom for a while. My career died. Uh, the police managed to arrest the ghost before a group could beat him to a pole. His name was Daniel Francis. Okay, and what did he die of? Well, it, he was assessed to be a lunatic and put in the asylum. Oh. Often police just arrested people for what they were, flashers, using foul language, being a public nuisance, and didn't even mention that they had ghost outfits on. Well, this guy was all of those. <laughs> they were usually charged with misdemeanors, or seen as madman and only described as, quote, a lunatic was found wandering at large. Insanity in this period, uh, people were taken to insane asylums all the time because they drank unregulated alcohol that was mixed with all kinds of crap. Some was mixed with opioids, some was just poorly made. The good old days. A guy in Castlemaine came to a police station because he'd seen a headless horsewoman. Okay. They tried to calm him down, but they couldn't. He was hysterical. Raving and screaming, so they held him down, and he kept saying she had no head, but her body was fine. How was he saying fine? Like fine or like fine? It's weird that like it was a different time. It was a different time, exactly. Uh, no fucking head, but her fucking body off the fucking hook, man. Just <laughs> that sounds like a Tinder date. Yeah. Well, I mean, she had a good body, no head, but you know, I'm kind of lonely. I don't know what to tell you. I live in the glowing house, so. uh... I'm on the market. Um, he kept saying she had no head, but her body was fine. Such a fine body. <laughs> but then he reached out to touch her, and she was made of bones. Well, I'm not going to shatter the illusion for this gentleman too much, but most uh, women are. <laughs> The police interrogated him. He, he just kept saying she had a fine body and no head. Oh, for God's sake, say something else! So they finally took him to the lunatic asylum. And then they went to investigate the area, and they found a dressmaker's dummy next to a tree stump. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> Is she you pregnant? A, you got a fine body. You ain't much of a talker, huh? Okay. Me neither. Sometimes I feel like we have so much in common, you and I. I see you enjoy the latest fashions. <laughs> you like laying down? I love laying down, too. My God, let's find a difference between us, am I right? That's <laughs> oh, good to laugh. But someone who gets me. Mannequin. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I uh, thought I found the one. It turns out the guy's booze had that adultered, so he had gotten some bad booze and just gone crazy. Okay. In the 1890s, the phosphorus started having radium put in it, which besides cancer and abscesses, also caused brain damage. So it's possible now a lot of the people doing the ghosting could have been actually going mad. So, but, yeah, so in other words, when you're painting yourself to look like a ghost, you're going to go crazy and believe you're a ghost. Right. Right. And there's no reversal for that. Once the damage is done, it's done. And it wasn't just men who played the ghost, sometimes women would. A woman in Sydney would go out at night wearing men's clothes and engage what was called 
male conversations. Oh my god, David, I'm out of here. Take it back, I've heard some disgusting things on this podcast, but this is too much, sir. You, uh, you like Australian, Australian rules football? Uh, I'm a ghost! <laughs> yeah, good as a beer after a long day of work. Nothing's better. I met this other guy, she had no head, but she had a cracking body. I don't want to fall for a ghost again. I just got out of something pretty serious with a mannequin under a tree. But, uh... It's not called it a rebound. That's my girl. Uh, so she would... Again. Well, I'm falling for another ghost. This is the last time. So she would again admit male conversation until, until everyone thought she was a man, and then she would suddenly flash her breasts. <laughs> Louise CK. So she's a lady flasher. The best one ever. (laughs) Oh my god, her boobs! (laughs) She was trying to talk to you, you'd be back. Damn, man. It's like I just quit drinking a couple weeks ago, and you're like, come to this open bar. I'm like, I'll do one shot. I'll do one. Give me the bottle. I don't care it's got opioids in it. I ain't driving. I think I'll have a shot of adult drink liquor. It's fine. I'm not driving. I'm catching the bombardier. <laughs> that guy up there just put a hole through his tongue. He's like, no trade, no. So she was charged with indecent exposure and sent to a lunatic asylum. So did they not have prisons? They just were pretty much just like... Yeah, yeah but if a lady's doing that, then they go, she's... No, but everyone so far has gone to the... Yeah, the well, I mean, if you're dressing up like a ghost and doing weird stuff... No, but a lot of people just got charged with misdemeanors, like I said earlier, and, and brought to, you know, court. Well, lately it seems like there's a trend. A year later, she got out. She upped her game. Whoa. The Sydney Herald, quote, with a hideous mask and white sheet or robe, this adventurous female has been playing the ghost, concealing herself in the dark under the lagoon bridge and stalking out upon unwary passengers, has succeeded in more than once, one instance, in establishing that state popularly described as being frightened into fits. She dressed like a monster now with a hideous paper. Cl- uh, uh. I'm dying to know what the next word is. No, it's it's been misspelled. Paper uh, mache? mache. Mache. It says cache. So paper cache is not as awesome. No. Where are the weapons? Weapons? No, no, no. I've just got a bunch of stuff to print with. Uh, paper cache. With a hideous paper mache mask and a glow-in-the-dark sheet. Um, obviously, psychologists have a fucking field day with this one. Um, yeah, she's got so that's what, so then they, they caught her and they put her back in the uh, asylum. Another woman just walked around with her left breast exposed, which she painted so it was glowing. She just had which one, was what I thought the TV series Glow was actually about, and... Very disappointed no. when I actually watched it. Walk out. Now that's a boob. Right? 
You want to get out of here? How do you feel? Boo. Get a boober. Let's leave. So she's walking around with one glowing breast. Yeah. It's just, it's an interesting look. I mean... It's certainly peacocking. Well, look, she's, she's definitely ahead on fashion. Yeah. You know, she's well, she's a papier-mâché head on fashion. Yeah. No, that's a different one. Oh, sorry. It's a lot coming at us. Yeah. Quote, I mean, it's just one, too, isn't it? One glowing. So yeah. from a distance, it looked like a car that had only one headlight. <laughs> I think it's a motorcycle approaching us. <laughs> this motorcycle has a nipple. This motorcycle has a lady. This is a lady. This is a lady. June 10th, 1895. Quote, for some time past, there has been much talk of a ghost walking at night in Ballarat. Numbers of persons have been much scared. Tonight, a new phase was entered on. Oh, boy. It got physical. Oh, boy. A retired miner was walking alone on Eureka Street to meet his wife when he saw a, quote, peculiar figure chasing the woman. So the woman she was her. going to meet. Yeah, so okay. I was chasing his wife. Okay. His wife was screaming and running from it. The ghost was dressed in a white smock with a six-foot coffin lid strapped to his back. Dude, who, who, this person? Like a snail? Like a ghost snail. Like a backpacker. A ghost backpacker. I think, yes. But I think he was trying to get the impression like he just came out of the coffin. Well, that's not how coming out of a coffin works. It well, doesn't like your back is stuck to it. What, he's been, like, sweating in it? I don't know, I mean, There's a million reasons your back could stick to a coffin. I think I'd like to hear a few. Okay, so you start to decompose, and you meld with the wood. All right, I'm good. <laughs> that is, like, the dumbest escalation ever. You're like, ah, my guy. I mean, yeah, you're just coming up with superheroes. So my guy's got, like, a coffin strapped to his back. <laughs> That's why I'm doing deadlifts. Gotta get this right. This is all core. So he's got a white smock on, six-foot coffin strapped to his back. Six foot his, his glowing face is smeared with phosphorus, and he's chasing the guy's wife. So the miner starts chasing him, and the miner catches him and tackles him. They, do, you, do you think he caught up because the man had a coffin on him? Well, the ghost had a coffin Sorry, on him. Sorry, ghost. And yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to run. Yeah, even for ghosts. Even for Carl Lewis. Was it a real coffin or a ghost coffin? I think it's a real coffin. Yeah. Though. So, like, a, like, so a ghost is like towing a real coffin. That's right. Well, as long as the logic at the moment is worked out, I think. So, the miner tackles them. They fall to the ground. They're struggling. The miner managed to get a solid grip on the ghost's leg, and then starts yelling for help. No one came to help. The ghost then pulled out a knife and stabbed the miner in the leg. Oh shit! Classic ghost move. Yeah. And because it was Australia, the miner by law said, that's not a knife. Oh my god, no it is. It is a knife. It's a big knife. Um, so the ghost ran off, leaped over a fence, and was gone. The miner reported to police, quote, he described the ghost as being about 35 years old and a powerful man. You can't miss him. He's 35, he's glowing, and your coffin is attached to him. You guys will pick him up right away. I feel like the description of what AG is, is irrelevant to the major way you would identify him. Like, it doesn't matter if he's 35 or 85. He's got a fucking coffin on his back. Uh, what else can I tell you? He had a mole, a very clear mole on his uh, left cheek. 
Uh, Anything and, else? Uh, he had a bit else? of a strange walk. Uh, yeah. His voice sounded gruff. I mean, okay. he didn't say a lot, but he was kind of deep. Anything voice. else? I'm trying to think of this idea. Single. Didn't ever bring out his finger. Okay. So you're looking for a single uh, ghost. Again, I said mole. Uh, didn't walk too fast. Had a knife. Um, yeah, caught the six foot coffin on his back. And that's Wait, pretty what? much it. A mole. <laughs> Left cheek, big mole. Yeah. Honestly, you get it checked out. It looked a little, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so that's the thing you're going to look Are for. Are you saying that. Look for the man with the mole. That's where I would start. Are you saying the ghost it. might have melanoma? Well. I don't want to diagnose it, but uh, certainly was probably covered in radium, which... Uh, That's not good. It's not good. His wife confirmed the sighting, and neighbors all said they heard the wife screaming, but they all said they were too afraid to go outside and help. Cool neighbors. Ghost. Cool neighbors. Why would you go outside and help someone if they're fighting a ghost? Yeah. Fuck that. You're a good guy. This is when people started carrying revolvers and shooting at ghosts. Jesus Christ! Now I get the coffin. This had quite the effect. Suddenly ghosts disappeared. But weird. So they fear death too. <laughs> so there's not many reports for like 10 years. And then in 1904, the ghosts come back. <laughs> on July 13th. It's like ACDC. <laughs> July 13th, 1904, Patrick O'Dwyer was walking home early in the morning when a ghost stepped in front of him. It was covered in phosphorus and crossbones with the word death written across his bare chest. Giveaway. The ghost then showed Dwyer his penis. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do not know what you're saying. Get out of my way. I'm saying, boo. Oh my god. Yeah, all right. Girl Louis C.K. The men then fought. <laughs> Man, a hard fighting position when you're cock out. Yeah. All right, look, no dick grabbing. That's my rule. I know it's out. Look, a fella has needs, even in the afterlife, even in the netherworld. From another regions. Well, the ghost won. The ghost knocked O'Dwyer out. Yeah, it'll teach you to not stop a masturbated ghost. <laughs> in this day and age. I would tell no one that I got beat up by a fucking ghost with his dick out. <laughs> I guess that's the real miracle of this story, because he's the only person who would have reported it back. Because the ghost isn't telling his side of it. So this guy is literally going home and going, yeah, this ghost showed me his dick, yeah. and then beat the shit out of it. You've got to admit that to the police. Sorry, so our main question is, you lost to a ghost who had one hand on his dick? Okay. Do you want to redo the statement here? Because uh, this is not sounding great for you. <laughs> is this what the dick looked like? Uh, why do you keep drawing it so big? I said it wasn't that big. And it had a mole. I, uh... I don't know how to draw them smaller. <laughs> the dick sketch artist? Boy, I haven't heard from you guys in a while. Was it been 10 years? I was wondering, I was starting to, I was taking up cobbling. I don't know what to do. My skill is drawing the penis. My name? I'm the ghost of back, and so am I. I am Jameson Fosdyke. 
the testicle ghost. Uh, the most famous of all ghosts appeared in 1904 at Ballarat. It started with the ghost jumping out and scaring women and children on isolated streets. The ghost wore a long overcoat with a cape that was painted with glow-in-the-dark paint. He wore rubber boots and carried a cat of nine tails. Okay. As time went on, he started... I just would have preferred it was just a cat. Yeah. Totally. A cat is just like, anyone take me, please? I just... This guy is the worst. Oh my god. That was the ghost, not the cat. As time went on, he started to become more confident, and he escalated. He would accost young women, expose himself, and sometimes hit them with a cat of nine tails. This guy is a freak. Woman, women began to refuse to walk at night in Ballarat South, where the ghost mostly appeared. That was in the Red Light District, which had over 30 brothels. Ghost was active for months. Police began to patrol dressed in women's clothing, hoping he would go after one of them. Dynamite. You reckon you're going to shave, Pete? Nah. I like the goatee. All right. Like, a, that's a reflection on the times where there were no policemen who were women, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But secondly, I love that they've got, let's do the Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say, are you a ghost? Reckon I might be. <laughs> um, do you want to come back to my place? I'm wearing it on my back. I keep the rubber boots on. Boo. Hello. Um, so several times they actually saw the ghost, but were unable to capture him. Then now the ghost, remember, who is in an overcoat and exposing his penis. Yeah, I'm starting to think this guy's not a goddamn ghost. This is constant penis exposure. He was so active, the city council held a meeting about the ghost. <laughs> what about the penis ghost? It's not a penis ghost, it's just a ghost. Yeah. Councillor Brokenshire, quote, It is time that something be done to put a stop to the vagaries of this scoundrel. With him causing such a scare amongst the women that they are scared to go out. Personally, if I happened to meet this villain and had a revolver, I would not hesitate to fire at him. Councillor, are you saying you would shoot the man? Only his legs. The Terminator 2 law, yeah. <laughs> they offered a five-pound reward for the ghost's arrest, which was basically endorsing violent vigilant justice. Vigilante justice. After the reward, so many ghost parties were now searching for him. He would have never been able to escape if he'd been seen, and he clearly was smart enough to lay low. The ghost then became very brazen and wrote a letter to the mayor. Oh my god! <laughs> He's writing ghost letters? <laughs> Oh, well, the ghost wrote me again. Good Lord. Quote, Dear Sir, I see that you and your ballet counselors have fixed a reward of five pounds on my head, but you didn't say whether dead or alive, and furthermore, you said you would have me plugged with lead on sight. Mr. Mayor, I give you warning that the first man I see with his hand in his pocket or otherwise looking suspicious, I will plug a bullet through him. I hope you will caution the rake-bite portion of your counsel of my intentions. Yours truly, the ghost! Oh my god. What? 
I mean, also, that's not a specific way to sign off, because there's obviously been several other guys, yeah. but I love the idea that he's taken to the press. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay, I think I broke it. No, I just, like, he said dead or alive. He's a ghost. He's, like, slipping up. Yeah, but Gareth, remember, he's not a ghost. <laughs> oh, right. Right. <laughs> right, I've got a... Will you write that down for me so I can just kind of look at a piece of paper? Definitely not a ghost. Right, right. He's a pervert in a sheet. Yes, right. Okay. He's just got an overcoat on. He's like a classic pervert. Rubber boots, overcoat. The mayor did not take the letter seriously and thought it was, quote, a waggish friend who desired to have a joke at his expense and at the expense of his teetotal friends on the council. It turned out the police had a suspect under surveillance for some time after a woman said she recognized the ghost. They had been shadowing him. It turns out he was not even trying to be a ghost, but the police had started calling him the ghost to throw him off his game. What is going on? <laughs> the cops are now saying he's a ghost to make him feel extra threatened about being I think a ghost. they were just trying to fuck with him. And now he leans into it and he's like, I am a ghost. Yes, basically. This is like a Marvel movie. There's much less explanation. Much less explanation. The very same day... Predictability. Yeah, for sure. The very same day, the letter was printed in the paper. The police went to a well-known local store where the ghost worked as a clerk to arrest him. So ghosts had day jobs? <laughs> this one did. His name was Herbert Patrick McLennan. What'd he die of? <laughs> when the police showed him their warrant and informed them of the charge, grossly misbehaving in the presence of ladies, which I've done... Uh, he was irritated, he was being arrested, and asked, quote, What even have you got against me? And they locked him up and searched his house, where they found the incriminating articles of clothing and some props. The community was relieved, and arrests had finally been made. But people in the town were shocked because he was well-connected and a well-respected man. He was known as a public speaker, and most who knew him thought he must be innocent. In court, he was tried for willfully and obscenely exposing his person and is therefore deemed to be a rogue and a vagabond, as well as other charges. Uh, I guess an addict, you've got an addict crime if you expose yourself to a woman as opposed to a man. So the courtroom was packed, huge trial, but because women were going to testify about what had happened with the ghost, the courtroom was cleared out. One woman said it was him, and that she had threatened to run him through with her parasol. Whoa. Her friend then took the stand and called him a low blackguard. Five women testified. Herbert's defense was that it was mistaken identity, but if it was him, he would have hidden his face. So he's gone with the OJ defense. <laughs> if it was me, this is how I would have done it. Yeah. If, if the sheet does not fit, then you must acquit. The magistrates determined Herbert had misconducted himself. The prosecutor then decided not to go further with other charges so he could be in prison. He was sentenced to a year hard labor, but was soon released on appeal. After he came up with an alibi for one of the attacks. One of his friends came forward and said he had been with him that evening, seven months before. He had just forgotten about it until he found a receipt on his desk that was from that same day, and then he remembered that he had hung out with him that night. Mm -hmm. And they, he said that he remembered clearly because they talked about football and bicycles. Oh, yeah. No, that'll stand out in an evening for sure. Yeah. 
I'll never forget it. We talked about bicycles. What a memorable evening that was. Oh, the fun we had. And also, this was like the 1800s, right? So they're yeah. talking of bicycles oh. in the van. Oh, the marvel how, of how one wheel is disproportionately larger than the smaller <laughs> wheel. It's very big. You know, some people are saying they're going to shorten that front wheel, and I'm saying you'll look crazy <laughs> riding around on two regular wheels. What would you do? It's madness. Imagine reaching the pedals. <laughs> Foolhardy. Fucking idiots. So the judge noted that due to the original evidence, there was no question the original conviction was correct, but with this new evidence, everything was changed. Yeah, the everything. women were clearly mistaken. All of them. And Herbert went off free. Now, this type of judgment helped lead to more vigilantes. Could you imagine a judicial system that doesn't believe women when they come forward with accusations? No. I mean, just... the 1800s. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Or make them judges. Yeah. Women felt unsafe on the street. People in Ballarat questioned the verdict. But the attacks by the ghost stopped. Probably because he'd been out. Some people obsessed with exposing ghost hoaxers. This became known as laying the ghost. Well, that was what the ghost was after, it sounds like. The most famous ghost hoaxer was Charles Horman. He was a, military, a militia man who started patrolling local cemeteries with a shotgun at night. <laughs> what? Okay. We've got those guys in America now. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. yeah but cemeteries mean uh, live cities. Yeah. One night a ghost came across Charles on the road, and he shot the ghost and believed he had put a lot of buckshot into the ghost's legs. The ghost still managed to get away. Charles claimed he never shot at anything other than ghost legs. That's, that's a cool tagline for your business card. I'm the ghost legs shooter guy. Don't shoot high. Yeah. A year or so later, Charles was walking near Soldier's Hill around midnight when he was confronted by an object that got up, quote, in the most ghost fashion. Well, that's getting up like a ghost. Charles did not have his gun with him, but he did have his walking stick, which he used to beat the ghost senseless. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when do we start referring to these people as ghosts? That's when Charles heard a sigh. He looked over and saw a woman who had fainted when she saw the ghost. He whisked her off to safety. <laughs> or she fainted when she'd seen a complete stranger. <laughs> think of I'm a complete stranger. Peter Pandit close to death. Don't worry, miss. You're coming with me. No, you're a murderer. I know the other guy might not have been a ghost, just by the guy on a walk that he'd be like, ah! <laughs> She fainted because of the ghost. Oh, uh, she's in quite a state. She saw a ghost. Oh, my God. He was so bloody. She won't get over it. She's just stricken with shock. In 1913, another Ballarat ghost had been scaring women and children for quite some time. On May 9th, a 75-year-old milkman finished making his rounds, and he was walking home when, quote, a white-clad figure glided noiselessly towards him under a hedge. Well, yeah, of course he saw all of this for sure. <laughs> Something like phosphorus glowed all over the loose robe of the specter. The ghost tried to grab the old man, but he dodged him. A second time, the ghost tried one, uh, to seize him. The milkman was terrified, and he collapsed on the street. Luckily, a group of miners were coming off their night shift and passing by. What kind of milkman's delivering in darkness? I think that's what milkman delivered. At night? Yeah, yeah. Before, so when you got up in the morning, the milk would be there. Not in England. They used to do it in the morning. Not funny, but so accurate. 
Night milk at Curdles. You wake well, up with like a, a mug of cheese. It's not like fucking midnight. Like it doesn't like four a.m. before. Oh, okay. All right, your story checks out. Jesus Christ! Hey, someone's got to push it. You're a milk idiot. I want the best out of you. <laughs> I'm making sure I'm getting it. So they find the old man. He's in serious condition. He told them about the ghost, so they went looking for the ghost using their miner's lanterns. And they found him about 100 yards away, hiding in a hedge. Well, it's much like a ghost. <laughs> they ripped off his ghost outfit. It was a 20-year-old kid who then they severely beat up. The idea of... Okay, also, firstly, in this world, a 20-year-old isn't a kid. There was a 12-year-old doctor, like, two stories back. It's fair. If you're 20 and you're still referred to as a kid, you wasted your fucking life dressing up as a sheep and pretending to be a ghost. You fucking do for nothing. Oh, I want to be a ghost, mother. Well, you fucking won't be. No one's going to remember you like the burning bridge guy or coffin back. You're 20. You've got 10 good years left. <laughs> Foolish man. They brought the old man home who was said to be in a very weakened state. The article in the Herald ended with a cautionary tale about ghosts in the area. Quote, some years ago, a youth engaged by the government in Ballarat was frightened in a similar manner and now is in a lunatic asylum. Being a bad ghost was happening in many places. Victorian England also had a rash of ghost hoaxing, as did Boston, even Czechoslovakia. All over the world, but it seems Ballarat and the surrounding area had the most going on. Yeah. Ghost capital of the world, baby. Yeah. But then ghost hoaxing suddenly stopped. World War II had arrived. Ghosts were going to war. Good luck, Germany. <laughs> Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler? <laughs> What's that show called? It ain't half hot, Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Ghosts were going to war. Suddenly dressing like a ghost and scaring people didn't seem as enjoyable. And the reign of terror... This is the real cause of the war. ...of the ghosts... The reign of terror of the ghosts of Victoria was over. Wow. The war. I mean, I'd never really considered it up until now, but now hearing that story, I'm starting to think the war wasn't a good thing. <laughs> You're finally sold, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> So they weren't ghosts, you don't think, huh? No, uh, so it was a There wasn't of... a lot of ghosts in the first war. Right. But there was Second. a lot in World War Boo. That's why you passed it. So even my throat tried to stop that coming your out. Was, your body was rejecting your pun. You were like, I won't fight you. Nice try, esophagus. You're dealing with Will. Try to shut me down. <laughs> Gullip. Bully. <laughs> oh, that's offensive, mate. I know. Yeah, now I cross the oh, fucking ghost. country making fun of our fucking greatest fucking war oh, moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am Where sorry. Where we got Greece. dropped on the wrong beach by the fucking British, mate, and then we fucking lost. But it's a fucking yeah. great day. We get a day off, and don't you fucking come to this country and fucking insult us, mate. Yeah. And our fucking ghosts. Yeah. At least the ghosts are fucking white, mate. 
I love the people that, yeah, come into our country. <laughs> Taking our undead jobs. I mean, you guys, for like, can't even get a coffin this day, mate. Bloody ghosts. Got them on their fucking backs, walking around everywhere. All right, sir. People that are born here can't even fucking All die right, here, mate. Sir. All right, sir. Well, for like for the boots. All right, sir. For 40 years, you guys only allowed ghosts in, right? And no, nobody else? With your ghost-only policy? It was our white sheet Australia policy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Look, they're all not normal stories. Like, that, that was one where, like, the first two sentences were bananas, and then it sustained throughout. Like, once ghosts start painting their breasts and masturbating publicly, you're like, well... No, ghosts were just a way for people who be sex freaks. No. It's, oh. No. And then people be like, uh, no, I'm a ghost. And then your dick's out, and you're like, no, seriously. Yeah. I'm just a ghost. It's just my dick. Yeah. Some, some ghosts are different than other ghosts. Like some ghosts have sheets on, but in my case, my dick's out. Yeah, I guess. Well, you know what it's like? It starts like that. You start wearing the sheet, you've got underwear on, and after a while you're like, you know what? I'm wearing a sheet anyway. Why do I have to need to wear underwear? And then after a while you're showing your boot to a stretch. Sure, yeah. You know what you do is I would just wear like a half sheet. Sort of like a midriff ghost? Yeah. yeah. Like, a go- like a ghost at Burning Man? Yeah. <laughs> just cock ghosting it? Porky pigging as a ghost? How are you? Uh, the show's up here, gang. Come on, what are you doing? Oh, just because of my ghost penis? My God, do you know what year it is? Me either. Anyway. <laughs> it had to know where to see a ghost with a heart on, though. I, mean, I didn't know you guys would do that. I didn't know you guys had human dicks. I thought you guys were, uh, you know, all kind of dusty and shit, but you just... cock yourself up fantastically through your decomposition. My word. Well, I'm glad we lost you guys at the end. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, bang that dick drum one too many times. This will happen to you. It's really Neil Perdigut there for a minute. I mean, that's all Louis C.K. did for years. And it, it was very successful. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't as public about it. Whoa. Hello. Louis took a little trap all this evening, huh? It's like yeah. in this day and age, you can't block a doorway and masturbate without it sticking with you for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I assume we're wrapping up soon, though, right? Because um, it's late and it's a Monday night and I've got breakfast radio and I've got to catch the last bombardier. So. <laughs> that guy will take you. He's right up there. He's tongueless, but he's right up there. Um, uh, yeah, listen to Will on. Uh, like we said, this is our last show here for a little while, so uh, we want to thank uh, not only everybody who came out, we want to thank uh, you know everybody who brought people, everybody who brought us gifts that we couldn't say thank you to, uh, the support we get, it really is unbelievable. We want to thank our guest, Will Anderson. We really appreciate the fuck out of you guys, so thank you so much. Appreciate it. But we're not going. Do we have one of those shirts? Yeah. Tom? Tom Danny? Motherfucker. No? Oh, I don't miss this. This is the important bit. Yeah. Nah, it's okay. I understand. No, don't worry. The planet will be fine. <laughs> fucking scared. I can run backstage. Fucking scared of ghosts. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll cut this match. 
Oh, you got there it. There he is. It's the ghost of Tom. Look at him go. Ghost, 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 ghost. And thanks to Tom Downey. That's Tom. Unbelievable. Thank you. That's more important. I mean, did you notice Tom walked across the entire stage? Yeah, yeah. Tom knew what he did. Really took his fucking moment. Yeah. You know what's funny about shirts? He just starts going into a bit. No, no, give me the fucking mic. What's funny about shirts? Oh, what's going on? Oh, I was just looking to see if he, what he did to the generals there, uh, your cat. I got worried that he might have done something bad for a second, because you know how James is. I never actually noticed until now. Maybe don't brag about looking at the cat generals. But there's, a, yeah, but you know that he wanted to draw a cock and balls on that dog. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a kind of dog. It's more specific. Let's not... Let's not do this here. Let's not do this here. Let's, as we always do, let's save it for backstage with this argument we constantly have. Some of you have been to more than one show, so you heard this speech, so I apologize. Um, so, a lot of people don't know. Uh, a report came out two weeks ago uh, by the IPCC, um, which is uh, a group of climate change scientists that get together for five years, and they talk about what's happening with climate change. Uh, so I put a, a report two weeks ago, and it basically said, we have 10 years. They didn't fuck around. They said, we literally have 10 years to stop what we're doing, or it's over. They said, uh, there'll be food scarcity, mass migration, 50% um, animals will die, all the coral will be dead. So we're fucked. So... I was trying to think about what to do because I have a son who's nine and I talked to their parents who were freaked out. I know parents whose kids go uh, to bed crying at night because of climate change. And when my son, the other day, uh, we're in the car driving and he was like, ah, when I get older, I'm gonna have two kids and a, ha a big house and I'm gonna play baseball. And my first thought was, you're not gonna have any children because you're not gonna wanna have children in this world. Because that's what the scientists literally just said. No one would bring a child into that world. So, we're at this place where we've got a bunch of idiots who don't believe in science. Fuck them. They're the minority now. They really are. And the argument we've been having is fucking bullshit. Because we argue over whether or, the, whether or not the science is real. And that's on their ground. But the truth is, is that the scientists have done their job. They approve this, that climate change is happening. At this point, saying climate change isn't happening is like saying there's no such thing as air or grass. It's fucking ridiculous. So we're putting together a group, which we've put on Facebook, called Planet Change 10, P-L-A-N-I-T, Change 10. And the idea is, is to get these people together and kids who are scared. Um, when people hear about what's happening with the climate, there's a psychological condition that happens where they shut down because they don't know what to do because we feel powerless because our governments are pretty fucked. So the idea with this is, is to take all those people and get them all together and, and get them talking about their fears and get kids talking about their fears and have artists involved and have artists watching those discussions and have artists take what people are feeling 
and turn it into art. So like take it and put it online, or we can even have street art where we are fucking plastering shit up us. But there's a million artist ideas to do stuff that artists can come up with that can make people who are scared feel powerful and start doing little things. You can, it can take that fear and turn it into something that can make a change. They control the media. Let's control, control the fucking streets and the internet. So the idea, and it's a big idea. It's like, let's get everyone who's feeling like this together in, in a group. And there's no one in charge. We'll just try to, you know, make, put people together and make things happen. I mean, if um, you think about, like, the organization that some of these, like, alt-right groups have, like, it's fucking scary. And this is, like, there's not really, uh, you know, a way to actually affect the people in power. But the truth is, it's like old white dudes who are going to die before they really feel the effects of this shit, so why would they give a fuck? You know, when you live in a world where your government is made up of like, including lobbyists, around a thousand people, and we're the rest, they should not, we should not live in fear of them. They should be fucking scared of us. And by... Trying to at least do shit to disturb that and try to change it, which again, it's not going to be easy, but it would be better to be active than to just be like, oh, well, fuck it, you know what I mean? I got 10 Super Bowls left, or whatever the fuck. Like, you know, we're willing to get up and try to do something, and I think what we're basically asking is take your phones out now, we don't give a fuck, now's the time to do it, and just join. Planet change 10, planet two words, P-L-A-N, new word, I-T, and join it. And fuck these fucking assholes. It's right? also on Twitter. Same thing on Twitter. And, and you like you think, like, if you take the kids who are scared, and we all had them write out their fears, and they went down to like Scott Morrison's office and just read them, even if he wasn't, even if he didn't fucking come out, if you got the press there, that's a thing. That's just a fucking thing that turns into something. Because if people see that people are scared, especially kids, it's going to affect them, and they'll start to fucking wake up. It's just going to happen. You have, we have to put our fears out there. So. Yeah. So join the group. Like, spend the next ten years trying to do something about it than just letting these assholes feel like they can pull one over on us. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.